0: Another one. Another, 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 another one. Touchdown,
1: Jags! Another Jags podcast. What's up, guys? Thanks for listening to another Jags podcast. Make sure to follow us on Twitter, at Another Jags and Instagram, at Another Jags Pod. And make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel to stay up with all of our live shows that we have, our weekly show we do. Tonight, I am pumped because I am joined by Jaguar's YouTube star and writer for Jaguar's Maven, none other than Treep Talks. Treep, how's it going, man?
0: Dude, it's good. I've been waiting I've been waiting for this opportunity. You know, you've been kind of sleeping putting me on an AJP, but you know, I've had you over on the YouTube channel starting to think, you know, maybe we had some beef going on, Jason.
1: <laughs> no, honestly, you know, um uh, if you guys aren't familiar Treebs with Jaguars and Maven, honestly, when you when you went on with them, I just thought you outgrew us, you know. I thought maybe you were <laughs> moving on to bigger and better things. So, I was just trying to be considerate. You know, yeah, you thought you thought I was out here big time and yeah. Huh? Exactly, man. You know, I didn't want to I just wanted you to remember the little people you know when you got famous, and when you get up there. So just remember all of us.
0: You know when you when you guys first joined BCC, I had that exact same feeling. I was like, "Oh, these boys be moving up," and now and now look at us back together again. Back yeah, to where love it. we need do it
1: more often. We always say that we need to do it.
0: I know, dude. I was I was rewatching because this this got started because I was rewatching like all my old YouTube videos and our, and our Madden podcast was awesome. oh, cool. <laughs> one of my favorite awesome. ones.
1: That was awesome,
0: dude. I was cracking up the whole time, dude. It was <laughs> classic.
1: Oh, true. Well, a lot's happened since the Madden B-Year games came out. Yeah, um, I remember the days when we were concerned about Ngakwe being too low and Minshew being too low. And you now, now we're just about Cody
0: at his- Davis being too high.
1: Yeah. <laughs> now it's um do we even know who's going to be on the roster next year? That's really the biggest question marks all over. So I think the biggest talking point on Jaguars Twitter and everywhere is obviously Yannick Ngakwe. So where do you stand on the Ngakwe debate?
0: Well, you know his his cryptic tweets that he was tweeting out today about, you know, the you know, obviously the victory lap thing replying to Jalen Ramsey on Instagram. You know, I I don't really buy into that and I always say that when it comes to social media and players you know that I think they're just trolling the fans because obviously it's going to be getting all that attention from the fan base but if this front office and this team does not sign Yannick and Gawkway they're going full blow-up mode like they're going to just blow this team up and try to build it from scratch and I think regardless that's kind of the angle that they're going to be taking but it's it's going to be it's going to be really sad if we let Yannick and Gawkway walk and it's crazy now that the only player out of that 2016 draft we retained was Miles Jack and we let Yannick and Gawkway and Jalen Ramsey walk if you told us that you know back when we were making our Madden ratings video that we were only going to keep Miles Jack you know you wouldn't believe that for a second but now that's just a reality that we're living in so hopefully we don't get rid of him because if we do then he's going to go to a bigger market and everybody's going to just talk about how great he is, and you know they don't talk about him now, but I'm hoping he stays.
1: Yeah, I mean, I am kind of on the fence about this, and really this is the stance I've had the entire time, is I love Yannick Ngakwe, but to be honest, I don't know if he's worth more than $20 million a year. I, I think an accurate financial evaluation is somewhere around that. And I, and, and I, get, I get it, like, look, you're going to nickel and dime, that's how you lose people. Even if you overpaid him to $22 million a year, like, is he going to take that? You know, like, I think he's looking for money that's like a top five D end when he's a 33rd in the league in sacks this year. Yeah, I get that. That's my only concern. Like, like, is he worth that much to you? I mean...
0: You know, one one thing that you know from a football standpoint that I'm not well versed in is the financial side of things. All I know is that we gave Nick Foles 88 million dollars, and I knew that was ridiculous from the jump. But that's just something we did. And I mean, if you're trying to find guys you can build around, you got Yannick and Gawkway, you got Josh Allen. That's that's a tandem that you can roll with for a long time. Like I wrote in a Jags article, uh, an article on Jaguar Maven where. I said, if you keep Yannick Ngakwe and Josh Allen together, that could be like the best pass rushing duo for a long, long time in the NFL. Like almost Dwight Franey, Robert Mathis, like like those two can really do damage in the obviously being pass rushers and obviously in the run game too. And I think you look at the kind of player Yannick Ngakwe is. He improves every single year. You know, the big thing was is that Yan's not really that great against the run. He improves against the run this year. You know, he finds things that he needs to improve on. He builds on it. I think whatever price tag he's asking for, you should give it to him. But obviously, you know, it's a business. So you got to kind of, you know, shift around it. So don't, you know, like they say, don't take the first offer on things. But, you know, I think if 20 million is his number and that's what he wants, I'd give it to him. I think he's worth that to the team, in my opinion.
1: Well, the reports came out that he wanted that he declined a twenty million dollar deal at the beginning of the year. It makes you kind of think, and I would assume, with all this money, money signs, and all these things he's doing, like kind of hinting at wanting more money, that he wants more than twenty million a year. Which is, look, I I, I hear all the arguments there, and and I understand, like you have to rush the passer in this league, and. He gets strip sacks, and he probably is going to be a good player. But, I mean, you can't help but notice there's guys up on the sack list that are getting significantly less money than Ngakwe is asking for and giving you more production. You look yeah. at, like, you know, this is going to hurt Jags fans. Dante Fowler Jr. Oh, you know, he, he, he get 11 and a I understand, oh, he's playing with um, Donald on the inside. But, look, the Jags could draft an interior D tackle that's just as dominant. And then you, there's options out there that are, get, might be more productive for half of the value of Ngakwe. And I'm, I'm, I, like, that's, that's kind of like a tough balance for me because I love the guy. He was drafted by us in the third round. He's a steal. He's a hard worker. But at the same time, he's, I think he might be asking for too much money.
0: Um, I see the whole asking for too much money thing. And then it's also kind of a deal where it's like, does Yannick Ngakwe even want to play for Jacksonville I know obviously in the week 17 game against the Colts yesterday you know he was hyping up the fans he was getting hard getting everybody uh ready to go and it just it seems like he doesn't want to be there you know what I mean and it it seems like that for a lot of players and whether that's a Tom Coughlin thing or it's truly this front office really just being you know somewhat clueless to the whole idea of what it's like to build a team and what it's like to pay certain players. You know, I think the Jags put themselves in a situation where they paid for these quarterbacks, Nick Foles, Blake Bortles, obviously, and expected them to help them win games when their defense was all along what got them to the point that they got in 2017. Yannick Ngakwe and Jalen Ramsey were the two cornerstones of this franchise, the two guys that could be the face of this Jacksonville Jaguars team. But you look at the NFL and you look at guys, teams need a quarterback to win football games. So that kind of blinded them from seeing what exactly this whole team was. And this whole team was built on the foundation of Jalen Ramsey and Yannick Ngakwe. This was a draft coming out where fans were pumped up about it because we got two guys in the first and the third round that really, really could have made this franchise special for a long time. And I think with just those missteps that they made along the way with paying Bortles, paying Foles, that hurt guys like Yannick Ngakwe, guys like Jalen Ramsey. Because you go back to that 2017 team, and like I said, these were the two guys – that made this team so special. And obviously, you know, you're throwing guys in there like A.J. Boye, Clays Campbell. But at the time, you know, they're already locked down to those long-term deals. Those guys are still on the rookie contracts. I think it's a big front office thing, and I think it's a little bit of a feel of disrespect for Yannick Ngakwe. I don't – I just think – because I don't think a team's going to pay – you know, all the things you said, I really don't think a team – is going to pay Yannick Ngakwe $22 million a year. I mean, there probably is a team out there that'll do it and that will sign him and he'll be, you know, great for them. But, you know, I think it's a big thing of just wondering, does he even want to be in Jacksonville?
1: That's true. That's a good point. You know, a lot of times we assume that the player wants to be here, but it was evident with a guy like Jalen Ramsey, he didn't want to be here. A guy like Allen Robinson didn't want yeah. to be here. Like we see it. Happen, so I mean that's a good point. And you just got to hope that you can create a culture, uh, and, and, and I think a winning culture is is what solves that. If you create a winning culture here now, your free agents want to stay, obviously, because they want to win, um, and they're already you know liked by the hometown fans and all that. So that leads to the next question. Um, you know, you kind of alluded to we need a quarterback, um, and you know they have a quarterback. So before we get into Minshew, what do you think ShotCon Khan should do? With the situation he's in, with the with the front office and the head coaching staff, so put, I'm going to put Treib and put you in Shad Khan's shoes. If okay. you are Shad Khan, what decisions are you making in the next couple of weeks?
0: If I'm Shad Khan, but I still got the brain of Treib,
1: oh man, I would what a combo!
0: <laughs> yeah, what a combo! That's exactly <laughs> what you need. You know my fina- my financial. Uh, you know when I when I come into Shad Khan's body and I see how much money he he's making, you know I'm just going to buy all. All the men jerseys I can, but <laughs> regardless, I'm a big Doug Marone guy, and I think a lot of yesterday kind of reflected on how the team feels about Doug Marone. I think these guys really want to play for him. I think it's more of, you know, the the upper side of things. You know, Shod Khan, he's been very, very patient with Dave Codwell, been very patient with Tom Coughlin. And, you know, I would hope he, you know, gives the same courtesy to Doug Marone, I really like him. I think the players want to play for him. He's a likable guy. He does he does the damn thing, in my opinion, you know. And you got Todd Wash, who I think they obviously need to get rid of. As far as who they need to hire for a new GM, because I think they need to get rid of Dave Caldwell as well. But I think I think with keeping Doug Marone comes keeping Dave Caldwell. And if that is what's gonna happen, then I would say let Doug Marone walk. But if you can keep Doug Marone, still get rid of Codwell, and just try and find a new GM to kind of take over this team and really run it the right way, I'd be all about that. But, you know, from my perspective, I like Doug Marone. I think they should keep him, let Codwell walk, let Wash walk, and try and find a new EVP that can take over the team.
1: It's tough to picture keeping Marone in any situation that anyone else gets fired. I think he's the next one to go. Um, so I, I can see, I mean, I can see Todd Wash being replaced next year yeah but i mean I, I agree with you on doug marone is i mean he's a great guy uh he, he's players coach he is like a guy's guy you see him in interviews and press conferences he's great everyone loves him the issue is his record i mean 37 and 45 as a head coach typically coaches that can't stay above 500 find a hard time keeping their job we see guys like Ron Rivera who stay above 500 and have a hard time keeping their job. It's, it's tough in this business out there. Eventually, you have to kind of switch up the coaching staff. It happens in every franchise, in every sport. doesn't matter how legendary the coach is, eventually they, they're replaced. I think Marone, this team just needs a, a new face. This team just needs a new identity. This team needs a, a, just a fresh look, and you can do that with Minchu. Like, if you bring in an offensive coach, uh, you bring in a guy that likes to like spread the field, uh, you know, quick plays. You know, p- mix in some hurry-up offense. Use Minshew, you know, that West Coast offense. Like, you can create a new identity with Minshew with a new coaching staff. And I mean, I don't know how Khan hasn't really done that yet, but it kind of makes sense with the Foles contract, right? The Foles contract is a big burden on the team. So, um, what's your solution to the Foles contract?
0: Hopefully he retires, man. I,
1: I, mean, <laughs> I don't think that. I mean, I wish. I don't think that happens, though. You know, I think, you know, he's even insinuated in a, after the game that he wasn't. I think, if I was reading into that correctly.
0: Yeah, I mean, that was that was more of a joke than anything. But you know, that would obviously help the team the most. I mean, you got to keep Foles on the on the on the team, obviously, because no one's going to want to trade for that. No one's going to want to trade for that contract, and it would be silly. After the year that Minshew had, and that's why, that's why I'm a big fan of Jason because me and him, right off the bat, we're both, I think, pretty big fans of Minshew. Yeah, yep. So, so, I mean, like, I think it needs to be an open quarterback battle. You can't use the money for an excuse unless you're really trying to just blow this organization up. And if you're trying to do that, man, you might as well go out and get the quarterback that gives you the best chance to win. And in my opinion, that is Gardner Minshew. And I don't know if you think the same way with this, but I think Flip called better plays when Minshew was out there. I think the biggest problem with the Jaguars' offense is that when Leonard Fournette is on the field, they try to cater to Leonard Fournette too much. Not saying that he had a bad season this year, but Minshew isn't the type of quarterback that's going to fit this whole you know ground-and-pound kind of scheme that the Jags are trying to run. I think they need to try and do more in the pass game, try to get Leonard Fournette the ball more, in the past game as well. And I think, you know, Gardner kind of struggled to do that last week, but you give him a whole offseason to do that. And Fournette has proved that he's doing better at catching the ball than I think Gardner Minshew, you know, rises to that occasion. So I think Minshew and Foles have a open quarterback battle next year. I don't think anybody, you know, especially if there's new faces around, because you know, that's not the regime that signed Nick Foles. You know, they're not going to come in and say, oh, we have this obligation to play Foles because they paid him all this money. That's not a guy that they paid all that money to. So you're going to have a quarterback competition. And then you factor in that the Jags could draft a guy like Tua. And I'm not a fan of that idea, but I can definitely see it happening. And then you got, you know, a rookie quarterback, you got Minshew, you got Foles, and then the whole conversation all offseason long is going to be that quarterback competition. And you know, I think personally, I think drafting a quarterback in the first round would be silly because there's just so much more holes in this team that need to be fixed. But like I said, I I don't think Foles' contract is enough to warrant him automatically getting the starting job next year.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think you got to kind of throw that out the window. Like, does it buy him a spot on the roster next year? Definitely, but um, I don't think it should guarantee him any playing time. And I don't know how look, I can't see this fan base reacting any other way besides the way they did when Foles was struggling this year and the boos came out and the chance for Minshew. That's, I mean, you're going to put Foles in that position. I mean, the second he does something bad, that's going to happen. It's just not a realistic scenario for Foles to flourish in, to be honest. But one thing that is an interesting point that you kind of made about Tua is is I don't know if drafting a quarterback in the first round is what we should do this year. But this quarterback class is really deep, so I wouldn't mind seeing one get picked up like somewhere, because I mean yeah. there's there's quarterbacks. I mean you're looking at second round quarterbacks like Jalen Hurts and Jacob Eason and uh, Jordan Love from Utah State. I mean it's just solid quarterback class this year. So, um, man, think about the quarterbacks that would that are going to be there at the Jags pick. Well,
0: you know? I mean a second round pick or a third round. Ah, man, even a second round kind of makes me a little hesitant. I just think that there's. You don't need to add more drama to that quarterback room than you already have. If Minshew goes out there, starts, and flops, then look at that. We get, hopefully, because the Jags have the worst problem. The worst problem for the Jacksonville Jaguars over the last 10 years, last 15 years, hasn't been the fact that they can't win football games. It's that they win enough football games to not have a number one pick. They will always pick fifth or sixth. So if Minshew goes out there, he's not the player that he was this year, he doesn't do as good, then that's full tank mode. You can get Trevor Lawrence. I mean, right off the bat, you know, draft that kid next year, that's the best quarterback in the class. And you see, you see all these things, and I don't think this would happen, but I want to get your opinion on it. If the Jags called Cincinnati to offer them both their first round picks and say we'll throw in like a like maybe like a third from next year, a third from this year, and they draft Burrow. What's your opinion on that?
1: I think hands down that is a great pick and that they would do that. Uh, Burrow is an amazing quarterback. He, I, I do think Trevor Lawrence is going to be good. I think Burrow is going to be really good too. Like I haven't been as confident in a quarterback in a while. Um, I remember when Jameis Winston came out, I mean, I'm not a Florida State guy, but just watching him in college, I thought – I i knew that guy was going to put up numbers in the NFL. Yeah. You can look at guys like Trevor Lawrence. You can look at guys um, just like Joe Burrow, and you know they're going to put up yards and points. So, unfortunately, I think it's going to take probably both this year's first and probably a next year's first, too. Yeah. I Cincinnati mean, that's, the, that, that's the more realistic question. Is like, do you trade three firsts for Joe Burrow?
0: Man, you see – and that's and... – you know, I'm the one that brought up the questions. But three first to draft Joe Burrow, I just, I just think that this quarterback room needs the least amount of drama possible next year. I think this offseason this off should be focused on addressing positions that the Jaguars need to, uh, to upgrade. I think you need to add one, two more receivers in this room. A guy like Robbie Anderson would be really cool. I've always been a big Robbie Anderson guy. So I think, you know, adding a guy like Robbie Anderson, free agency, and then trying to get a linebacker that's good against the run. And hopefully Miles Jack can have a big bounce back year next year. But, I mean, even when he was out there, he wasn't as impressive as he has been in past seasons. But trading three first-round picks, I probably wouldn't do that and no you know i probably wouldn't do that joe burrow is going to be excellent and i think he's you know about as close to a for sure thing as you can get this year in this quarterback class i think there's going to be a couple of guys that are going to be taken in the first second round that you know aren't going to work out but i think you know joe burrow is that guy that they have on lock and that is going to be really good and cincinnati clearly i don't think is going to you know give up the opportunity to draft Joe Burrow. So I think even if you do come, come to him with three first round picks, I still don't think Cincy would take that.
1: You're telling me if the Jags don't, if the Jags hire like LSU's like quarterback coach <laughs> to come in here and we trade three for you not trade three first round picks to get Joe Burrow. Who's putting up number Heisman numbers, blowing out record setting numbers. You wouldn't trade three for that.
0: If I'm Jacksonville or if I'm Cincinnati,
1: if you're Jacksonville.
0: Yes, I would if I'm Jacksonville. Okay. I'm saying, I'm saying, if you're Cincinnati, you don't.
1: You're not it. taking that. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. I mean, it's. I mean, you then you get into sub questions like you know what about Tua? We can get into that all day. I want to stick with the Jags and what they need to do going forward. So we're gonna take a quick break here um, and then still get a word from our sponsors. Uh, we're gonna come back with Treve and uh, finish up the conversation about um, reviewing the Jaguars and what they should do for the future. So uh, hang tight and we'll be right back. Welcome back to another Jags podcast, special episode. We're joined by Trebe from Trebe Talks on here. Trebe, we've talked a little bit in the first part about the uh, offense and the quarterback and the coaches. Before we get into what else I need to do as far as draft and positional needs, we haven't even touched the defense yet. Yeah. What? I did this fun little thing on Twitter where you graded your sports teams. I don't know if you saw that or not. Oh, um, I, yeah, I did. Um <laughs> How, what grade would you give the Jaguars this year?
0: You know, it's such a, it's such a weird feeling, right? Because the Jaguars go six and ten. They have a really, really exciting rookie quarterback, in my opinion. The six and ten record is good enough to be the second best season that the Jags have had in ten years. Jeez. So I mean, statistically and numbers wise, I mean. Where there's some downs, yeah, but I mean technically, this is like like this like the third best team in ten years, like speaking from that, but I mean
1: so you're saying they did above average and average d, no. so you're giving them around a c plus to b minus no i'll still I'll still give this team overall like a d, but I
0: mean like as a jags fan, I mean if you look at pure numbers like you can't, you can't really. I mean, six and ten's about as good as it gets. I mean, you, you tell you tell me in twenty
1: thirteen you wouldn't kill for a six and ten season. That's true. I mean, this season had some lows and it had some highs. And it's just like it was a weird year, you know. It's just at one point you thought this team was, you know, is super promising and has a lot of pieces for the future. And then at another point you're like, just nuke the entire stadium. Just start yeah. over with a with a fantasy draft or something. So Weird year for sure.
0: Well, I think it's because the highs were so high and the lows were so low. It's like you're fucking like you're coming down from like an acid trip or something.
1: <laughs> <laughs> like yeah. I, mean, I like, can't like, relate, but I assume that it's. Uh, <laughs> I can't nice. either. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so we're talking about building for the future here. Um, you kind of said your piece on Marone, kind of said your piece on Foles and Minshew. All right, what about the rest of the offense? Because like, I want to kind of, I've been. I'm always a defense guy, always a defense guy. I'm always a trenches guy. That's just what I am, what I'll always be. I think if the D tackle from Alabama, who uh, – what's his name? I can't even I think of it right now. Um, the D tackle from Alabama, if he is not there when we're picking, we, I think we should go for a wide receiver who can make plays with the ball in his hand. And I'm kind of jumping ahead, but everyone says I'm crazy about that but i want to see what i want to hear what your biggest needs are for the offense
0: for the offense it starts off at the wide receiver position i 100% agree with you i think cd lamb i like him a lot i think that that's a guy that i'm looking at and in the draft you need to bring in a playmaker and in free agency you need to bring in you know one or two guys that can complement the team it's going to be weird because you got guys like chris conley who you know you need to sign back again and then you got the rising DJ Chark. And I did I did a poll today. And uh, since we're talking about the wide receivers, you know, I'm doing some uh, some end-of-the-year awards and not-so awards for Jaguar Maven and over on my YouTube channel. And for one of them, I talked about who was the most underwhelming, disappointing player this year. And I had to put D.D. Westbrook on the list because, I mean, if you go back to the offseason and you listen to – You know, whether that be experts, whether that be like guys like me and you who have our own podcasts, talking about the Jaguars, D.D. Westbrook was supposed to be this guy that was the number one wide receiver that would take over games and really be that guy. He really wasn't that guy. Did he have an all right season? Sure. But I mean, there were times he would drop the easy ball. And I swear every time D.D. touches the ball, he gets lit up like he gets hit hard every single time. I want to know, from your perspective, did D.D. Westbrook have a disappointing season this year?
1: I mean, I think the entire offense was pretty disappointing. And I think you could point at every single person on the offense and say they had a disappointing season, to be fair. Yeah. Minshew, the only re- only other person, and we have no baseline for him. Everyone else – I mean, Fournette. You can maybe give Fournette a, a nod as far as – but that's sure. it. You know, Chark looked good, but – Well, I guess Chark had 1,000 yards. I guess you can lump him in there too. So it's (laughs) Chark and Fournette. Besides those two guys, I mean, everyone took a step back. The offensive line, every single one of them did terrible and underperformed. You know, uh, tight ends were hurt and underperformed. Backup running backs underperforming. Like, everyone on the offense was. So could he come back and have a year like he had last year you know, is this year an anomaly? I guess would be my counter argument because you could say that for a lot of players on yeah. this offense.
0: Yeah, and I and I think I remember too specifically because me and you did the wide receiver outlook over on my old, on my YouTube channel too, and I was rewatching that, and I mean, God, was I wrong? I hyped up Marquise Lee like he was a second coming <laughs> of <or> Randy Moss.
1: <laughs> like, oh, I remember that. That was good.
0: Like, I, I, me and you went to, like, war in the debate, too. We were like, oh, by the way, too, I was watching uh, 10, 10 bold predictions I made from last year, too. And congrats to you. Your bold prediction was correct. You sent in a bold prediction saying DJ Chark was going to get over 1,000 yards, and look at you. Hey. 100% correct.
1: There it is, man. That's uh, sometimes even a blind squirrel will find an acorn. That's what I like to say. <laughs>
0: But uh, to go back to your question, I think first round, you got to get a wide receiver. And I think the next biggest issue is really this offensive line. I think Juwan Taylor made impressive strides throughout the season. You know, early on, he looked like, oh, boy, you know, like, I don't know how he's going to do. But I think once, you know, he kind of finessed his way and really kind of found his way in the league, I think he developed and became a pretty solid player. Guys like Cam Robinson took a big step back. You know, Andrew Norwell, you remember we paid him all that money and everybody was hyped up about it. We're like, finally, we solidified it. And, you know, and everybody in the building knew A.J. Can had problems, but no one wanted to address A.J. Can. Instead, they extended it. So, I think the biggest problem in this offense that we need to address the most, and I think you spend a high draft pick on a wide receiver, you, uh, you try and fix that guard position, And you fix left tackle position.
1: That's what I think. Well, you could, you could fix left tackle with Andrew Thomas and a lot of people would be happy about that. We, you know, we asked Twitter recently and a lot of people said Andrew Thomas, but I'm with you there, but I'm, I'm bigger on Jerry Judy. Look, I know I like CD lamb. CD lamb is a really good player. He gets open, creates separation. It's, it's great. Uh, But I just, I think Judy is better than people think. And it's because he's playing on a team with other good receivers. He kind of yeah. gets watered down a little bit. I mean, that Alabama team wide receiver core right now, like I'm telling you, we're going to look back at this core and, and be like, that might be one of the best receiving cores that were all together at one college at the same time. I mean, they have so much talent there and Judy still stands out from that. And, and think back to all the other receivers that Alabama puts out. All of them are top tier receivers. So I'm willing to roll the dice with someone like that. Like I was alluding to earlier, this offense hasn't had like a playmaker who you get the ball in his hands and like you hold your breath since like Justin Blackman or Maurice Jones-Drew. Yeah. That, we haven't had that. So, you know, I want someone where that happens. And I don't care what position it comes from, but I think Judy gives us that best opportunity.
0: Yeah, I'd go with that. I think like you said, Alabama has a lot of talent at the wide receiver position and he does kind of get a little bit watered down from the other talents that are around him. But I really like, I really like CD Lamb and I'm going to be straight up honest with you even though I should have, you know, dove in a little bit more since, you know, we kind of knew the Jag season was over, you know, not that long ago, but I haven't looked too much into the draft just yet. I think around January, February is when I'm going to be start, you know, doing my mock drafts. But I know one guy for sure I really like CD Lamb. Um, are you are you spending that ninth overall pick at a wide receiver or are you waiting until twenty?
1: No, I'm saying nine. Nine? Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Hundred percent. I agree with you. I mean, and if you know, if you're not if you're not going wide receiver there at nine, I think you have to go um, either Andrew Thomas or you have to go um the, the D tackle from Auburn, Derek Brown, is a guy that Oh, yeah, Derek Brown too, yeah. Want the Jags to get, and he is just I mean He's a beast. He kind of reminds me of, like, Sue or Donald, the middle of the field. Um, that's what you want, obviously. And that would help your ends around you, especially Josh Allen, who I think is going to be better than Ngakwe. So, mm. but that's a little teaser there. If, yeah. and, if, and if you do remember that wide receiver podcast we talked about, if you remember, I said that don't count out Keelan Cole. I think he has a little bit left in the tank. And uh, he's been playing good last couple of weeks, I will say. Old Keelan Cole. You know, you know you, you're, out, you're out here
0: big flexing on me because, again, in that <laughs> podcast, we had a debate, and I straight up said Keelan Cole's going to get cut. So,
1: <laughs> Yeah, well, um, I think Keelan Cole still may get cut. So, <laughs> you <Yeah. laughs> may be right. But uh, he, he did play, play better than that. All right, so. Can, hold on, one more thing, too. you yeah. got to
0: give props to, to Gardner Minshew on those deep balls. To Keelan Cole, those were pretty. They're
1: Absolutely. Pretty. I, mean, I I love that Gardner Minshew will throw the ball up. Like, yeah. Foles, I don't think one time, I don't think Foles, besides the first touchdown pass he threw when he injured himself, I didn't see him throw down the field a single time. No. Like, he's no. just dinking and dunking. Like, Minshew just, you know, hurl his back shoulder down, launch it deep, and let his receivers make a play.
0: You know, and – and that's that's funny because you know you looked at last you know you could you could maybe blame it on the inexperienced running backs but Minshew kind of struggled more in the short game than he has in the long game and it's really unfortunate Gardner's name doesn't rhyme with dick so we can't call him big dick Gardner (laughs) because that just doesn't make any sense but that's how he's playing
1: yeah no I mean his his press conferences are great He's a you know he had that he had the one today where they were talking about his stats compared to the other rookie quarterbacks and he was like oh they're better like don't yeah. get it confused <laughs> yeah, don't get that. I would oh. literally I would literally die for
0: Gardner Minshew last piece but I
1: would yeah. oh yeah oh yeah I'd run I'd run through a wall for him same all right so let's flip over to defense because um before we get out of here we got to address the defense because defense was pathetic this year um where do they even start to beginning to address the defense uh. What, what's your thoughts on Marcel Darius? You think he can still go? I think he can still play, but I don't think the Jaguars are going to pay him what his contract currently stands because he's got yeah. like no dead money next year, so they can just cut him. And um, if they want to re-sign him to a, a cheaper deal, like that's happened in the past. So I'd be cool with that. Yeah. Man,
0: I think interior. Taven Bryan, I'm not saying keep him and let's roll with him next year, but I think he's made some necessary strides to get better but I think it starts with the interior of the defensive line. That's where it starts, you know, getting a guy like Brown that would really improve him. And the linebackers, man, the linebackers are so similar to, like, the tight end position. Like, you know that there's something that needs to be fixed there, but they always just skip right over it. Like, with the tight end position, you know, like, you go in and you have, like, Josh Oliver – Ben Koyak, James O'Shaughnessy, and they're like, mm, maybe we probably should get a big play tight end, maybe. <laughs> no, maybe next year. That's, a, <laughs> yeah. that's the same thing they do with the linebackers. I think the linebackers is that's another big thing because, you know, against the run, the Jags were terrible. And I liked how Trey Herndon developed this year. I think he, you know, came along very well as Jalen Ramsey obviously split. Um, but I think you need to try and find another outside corner. To you know, compete with Herndon, or you know, even just upright get the start over him. I think Jared Wilson and Ronnie Harrison both played really well. I think Jared Wilson kind of exceeded everybody's expectations. So I would say probably defensive tackle, linebacker, corner, and you know it's basically the whole defense. But those are the three things you need to you need to address the most. I think because I think AJ Boye is another another guy that might get cut too this offseason.
1: Yeah, uh, I think uh, if we can re-sign Darius, that would be great. Um, It really all depends on where they're going to go in the draft if they address that D-line or that linebacker early. Um, But, I mean, a lot – look, I'm going to change who I want them to draft, I'm sure, 10 times before the actual draft. When I first started diving into the draft prospects, I was in love with Isaiah Simmons, the linebacker out of Clemson. Or LSU, I'm sorry. Um, Or no, he was out of Clemson. Yeah, he was out of Clemson. Uh, that dude's a beast, dude. I mean, he, he looks like Anthony Barr, like a reincarnated. Sideline to
0: sideline, dude.
1: Dude, I mean, a beast. And, I mean, he's a guy that can just eat up defenses. Um, and, look, I mean, I'm, I'd be cool with him taking him at nine. I mean, he's being mocked pretty high now. Um, so, who knows if he'll be there. But, man, I could see going linebacker there for sure. I, I don't really agree with you. I don't think Jared Wilson and Ronnie Harrison were that good this year. Um I haven't really looked at any of their like p f f gradings and like looked at any of that and really dived into it and I haven't even started rewatching the film from the season, but from the eyeball test, those guys weren't making plays every once in a while you know Wilson would have interception or Harrison would have a big hit, but for the most part, I saw them missing tackles taking bad angles and not covering receivers in the middle of the field so
0: i think I think some of that comes down to to the scheme that they were running i mean. I don't – the defense out there, man, you knew exactly what they were going to do before they did it, and they would run the soft zone, and that's all receivers had to do is find the soft zone. And, you know, you got these two safeties that are going to need to make plays in the run game because, you know, these guys up front are getting pushed five, six yards off the line of scrimmage. They're getting to the second level. Um, Jared Wilson, I I looked it up today, he actually led the Jags in tackles this year. And now I don't know if that speaks volumes to – the injuries, if that speaks volume to how bad the Jaguars rush defense is, but I mean that's a stat, and I think that I think if you can get a better safety than Jared Wilson, by all means try and go do it, but I think that there's more needs on this team than the safety position, and I really think Ronnie Harrison had a pro Bowl like season before you know he got hurt. I really, really like Ronnie Harrison, I like what he brings to the table. he's a hard hitter. He's, I think, good in coverage, good against the run, and I'm, I'm just going to have to disagree with you about Ronnie Harrison. I think he's a stud.
1: Well, I think, I think you're right at from one point about how systematically they're at a disadvantage because I think they're both decent, strong safeties, um, and I don't think either one of them are really a excel in the free safety mold that you know a cover three or a cover one or or you know some sort of cover six really requires out of a free safety. So I think they both were at a disadvantage and whoever was on the side of the field that the offense was taking advantage of kind of got taken advantage of. Yeah. So I think they fell into that issue a lot, but um, they're just missing a playmaker in the middle of the field. Um, neither one of them are. Uh, we we'd hoped Ronnie Harrison was, but um, yeah, I mean, look, I mean leading the team in tackles. I mean, that's like leading a crappy NBA team in shots attempted, you know, doesn't really say much. It's, it's, it's like leading the times, magic. You know, <laughs> it's like saying Evan Fournier is good because he's <laughs> more on the magic when he's just on a terrible offensive team some nights. But, yeah. look, I mean, we'll see. I mean, they'll probably both be on the team next year, so uh, we'll get to battle it out in open competition in camp, so we'll get a better look at him this offseason for sure.
0: Yeah, and like I said, I just think that there's more holes to be filled on this defense to really make that a number one priority.
1: Yeah, I mean, you definitely got to fix the linebackers. Yeah, uh, yeah I, think gotta, I think
0: you got to. I think you got to get a corner. I think you might need to get two corners. You know, now that I think about it, because I mean, uh, I was I'm kind of I wouldn't say a huge Trey Herndon guy, but I was definitely a Trey Herndon defender. What What do you think about the corners?
1: I I, I really like DJ Hayden. I think DJ. Oh well, yeah, DJ. Is,
0: always forget about DJ for some. Yeah, reason. I mean, I
1: mean, he he brings the the an intensity of the whole cornerback unit up. I, I know he's had a little bit some injuries though, and that's a little concerning, but I think Herndon's okay. I think Boye's okay. Um I think this I think you could bring in a young corner maybe. Um definitely throw him into the mix. That couldn't hurt at because you know you're gonna have injuries. Um but I don't think it's a serious need as far as, you know, linebacker or your interior defensive line if, you know, you can't retain Darius because we saw where we got destroyed up the middle um, against teams running the ball. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, I mean, no, I mean, I, I don't, I'm not as down on the corner. I mean, the safety position, though, I think we need to upgrade. But I made that point earlier, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's true. There's so many needs, but luckily we have some picks. Um, unless you go trading three first for Joe Burrow, for Joe you, should Burrow. To, you should be well, able to
0: address them. Well, okay, Jason, we have the whole solution already on the team, and I can't believe you haven't even recommended it yet. Already on the team, Cody it Davis. Is. Cody Davis. Cody Davis, yeah, that is the solution we need.
1: You know, you know, Cody Davis was getting some minutes there at the end of the season. He I don't was, if you noticed he was, dude. <laughs> I, don't know if you, I was going to at you on Twitter about that too. <laughs> I don't know if you noticed my dog Cody getting in some uh, <laughs> some some defensive snaps, but they uh,
0: like a sore thumb out there,
1: though. Dude, um, yeah, nothing like having him and Andrew Wingard out there at the same time. <laughs> That's what Austin we knew, dude, Austin Calitro
0: dude that's that's what we need wingard and freaking cody davis
1: that's what we need most elite safety tandem in the league guarantee gave up those points for sure but if there was ever a, a, a trick play where they punt it best special teams unit out there so you always well, have, I
0: mean he has a first down on the season he has a first down catch I mean that's about as lead as you can get
1: that's true that's true and logan cook you know I liked your tweet oh. when you said Second best quarterback on the roster. I think you're on to something there. And he's I the know. Left, you know, it's harder to catch those left-handed passes. So, Cody Davis, congratulations. You know,
0: dude, I'm a I'm a I'm a lefty backyard football quarterback legend myself. So, <laughs> you know, my my dog Logan Cook, he's out there for us lefties.
1: <laughs> oh man. Well, hey man. Anything else you want to add? Okay. Hey, where can people find your work? Um, I'm sure people have listened and they're like, man, this tree guy. He's awesome. I want to check out some more of his content. Where can they check it out?
0: I appreciate that, my guy. I think you're the only one thinking that, but love the support <laughs> as always. You can find me on Twitter, at Treeb Talks. You can find me on YouTube, at Treeb Talks as well. Um, I also write over on Jaguar Maven. That's, uh, that's a little bit more professional than uh, saying that the season was coming down from an acid trip. But, you know, <laughs> that's what we do. we do. We do business and we have a little bit of fun. But you can find me over on Jaguar Maven. I write about two articles a week subscribe to me on YouTube. We're going to have some content coming out. You can follow me on Twitter for the hottest takes and probably some crap tweets along the way as well, but make sure you, yeah, you follow me.
1: Yeah. I mean, y'all really should. I mean, tree, me and tree have been kind of supporting and following each other for a while now. And um, look, man, there's, there's good content out there. You just have to look for it um, for sure. I mean, I think we both kind of got into this for like similar reasons and um, it's always easy to recognize someone that puts in work and really cares about it um, versus someone who's just, you know, covering a team because it's their job. And yeah. um, you can definitely tell that with your work, Treve. And I think that's why we work so well together, for sure. Um, we need to do this more often. I mean, um, admittedly, in my, my other job, you know, I'm just getting through my busy season. So yeah. I'm about to have a bunch of free time and um, we need to make this a regular thing here, man.
0: Well, I'm a, I'm gonna have to talk to John though. We're gonna we're gonna have to get you on the the Jaguar Maven podcast, and then you know you're gonna have to come out to the YouTube channel because cause we can't just yeah we're gonna have to make more content because we can't just wait until the next Madden comes out to talk about how awesome Cody Davis's overall
1: is. We, but, can't do, we can't do our annual Madden review <laughs> and just depend on that, you know?
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, you listen to this right now and you're like, Tree, why don't you just replace Joey?
1: <laughs> Joey, we got, we're we going to get on Joey when he gets here because uh, he's he's been a little consistent lately. So we need to stay on top yeah. of that for sure. Exactly.
0: And, and by the way, too, none of you guys are as big of fans of another Jags podcast as me.
1: I've literally been following them since they had 21 Twitter followers. We go back. That's right. That's right. For sure. Hey, man. I look forward to it in the future. Uh, we you know we love having you on, man. Can't wait. Thanks for your time, man. Yes, sir. Thank you. All right. <laughs>